It's three-point podcast time again, and coming up next is episode 71. No truth to the rumor we will be relocating to Cleveland unless we get a five-year deal like Coach B. Wow, just wow. Can you guys believe that? We had other things to talk about, but we got to get into the beeline thing here tonight, don't we? Unfortunately, we definitely yes. have to get into beeline. Yeah. Unfortunately, for sure. And what a sports weekend. And Three Point Podcast gives you the best take on sports and pop culture from three professional sports guys from three different generations. I'm the grandpa, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio right here in our mid-Michigan three-point podcast studios. Our middleman and social media maestro is Matt Burns of the worldwide leader in sports ESPN, checking in from Charlotte, North Carolina. And our youngest viewpoints will come from Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. And make sure you listeners out there give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Three Point Pod. Joining us today are our great advertising partners, including Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana. Thanks also to our website partner, Sports Radio Detroit, and our friends at Midwest Sports Network. Well, we're going to dive deep into the Beeline news. We'll also take a look at an incredible NBA weekend, big changes in the MHSAA, entertainment news, and much more coming up right after these messages from our three-point podcast partners. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. Guys, this was a Monday that just hit me very hard this morning. Uh, so first, let me just kind of explain my thought process. So with Game of Thrones going on, uh, <laughs> I substitute teach. And one thing that's nice about being able to substitute teach is that you get to pick your own schedule. Okay. So I've been having three-day weekends, you nice, know, pretty much nice. since I came back from school. I woke up this morning at 9. Uh, wasn't too impressed with the Game of Thrones episode. We'll get into that later. And my phone has eight messages. <laughs> and I just look at it. I got one from Matt. I got one from MJ Miles, all these Michigan State fans, and it's just how Beeline left, how we're screwed. And I went back to sleep. I, I, <laughs> did you think I, it was real or was it a dream? Oh, I knew it was. At first, it was like you you do the double take, you know, when you first right. look at it, and then you look at it again. What? My phone, I have three calls, just kept pressing end on calls from just different <laughs> Michigan State fans. Went right back to sleep. Woke up at noon. <laughs> the, long, the longest I slept in for probably my entire life. Sl- woke up at noon, slugged around all day, and I just can't help but feel – Michigan State, yet again, has the last laugh. Just like how Ohio State did with Urban Meyer, where he walked out, you know, champion over a seven straight wins. Yeah. John Beeline, his last season against Michigan State, three straight losses. P- Michigan State fans, for the rest of their – this is what they've been telling me, that they sent – that they're the reason Beeline left because he was never going to be able to beat Michigan State again. <laughs> oh, and not only that, he, he's going to work for a Michigan State guy, right? 
I th- yeah, yeah there's there's that whole conspiracy theory about uh, did did Dan Gilbert and Tom Izzo conspire together to get Beeline to go away from Michigan? I don't think that's true at all, obviously, but it is kind of crazy. And the thing is, it's we can't get like are either of you guys mad at Beeline? Not I can't, at all. You can't hate uh, that guy. So I have to shift my anger towards someone else. It's Poole, it's Iggy, it's Xavier Simpson. It's all those guys, the reasons that we lost to Michigan State three times, the guys who left probably too early. They're the reason that Beeline left. Yeah. I think that anger is well justified there, yeah. And and you can't blame Beeline. You know, if you do the math, it totally makes sense. And I think – well, we have talked about it before. The guy is nothing but class. But you look at his resume now, starts out as a high school teacher, goes to a small college – moves his way all the way to the University of Michigan, and now the pinnacle, an NBA head coach. And every stop along the way, he's been a head coach. He just climbed the ladder a whole different way than most coaches out there do as they work their way up to the head coaching job as an assistant. I mean, John Beeline, I think it's a brilliant move also because you guys both know him and I are sort of in the same age group. You know, I'm a little bit younger, but not that much more. He's 66 years old. He's got a five-year guaranteed contract. You got to believe that the money's got to be, and I haven't seen any figures today yet. Got to be probably six million a year, I would think, six or six and a half million a year. So he's sixty-six. He's got guaranteed pay coming in that price range all the way to seventy-one. You know, if things don't work out, which I think everything that John Beeline has showed us will work out, he'll turn that franchise around. I I think if he wants to get out at seventy-one and retire. I mean, what a better way to do it. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing to me. Obviously, I had a very similar morning. I didn't have I didn't have the chance to go back to bed like Jared cuz I was watching my daughter all day today, but yeah, I woke up, got her around and I hadn't hopped on Twitter, I hadn't turned on Sports Center, you know, nothing like that. But same as you, Jared, all of a sudden I've got like 12 text messages on my phone. I'm in a group with a bunch of buddies from back home, all Michigan fans. Same thing. Open it up and it's Beeline tweets, uh, Woj bomb, tweet now, Beeline going to the Cavs. And I was, for sure, I was like a little bit of a double take. Like, ah, they're just messing around. No way. And then when I see the Woj bomb and everything else, I'd. Yeah, you knew it was true when you had a Woj bomb. It. I had, it was just like, it was a little blindside. But yeah, so initial reaction is a little bit like, are you kidding me? You know, you're upset, you know, as a fan. But, you know, when you take a step back and look at it, yeah, he, he has said for a long time that he wants to coach in the NBA. That's a goal of his, to go to the NBA. Uh, you know, like you said, Ted, he's 66. I mean, if he's going to make a jump to the NBA, uh, he's got to do it soon. You know, he's not going to do it when he's 72, 74 years old or whatever. So the only little bit of a head-scratcher to me was that it was the Cavs because the Cavs right now are in a pretty bad spot as far as their roster goes. So that was a, like a little bit of a head scratcher, but yeah, they've got they've got some young talent, and they have a chance to get you know a top three draft pick this year. So if they could possibly land Zion or yeah R.J. Barrett or something like that. He could, and like he's been great everywhere he's gone. So give him a couple years, and yeah, he maybe he turns it into the Cavs into a, a solid Eastern Conference team. So you know nothing lo- but love for Beeline because like we talked to Ant Wright last week on the pod, and you know he came in to Michigan when it was in a bad spot and he turned Michigan into a top 10 program in the country. So, you know, nothing, nothing but, you know, hats off the, the hats off gift to, to coach Beeline. It is kind of puzzling why, why he went to Cleveland. Cause I mean, we see it with Detroit, it's almost impossible to lure, lure like star players to your, to your team. But I mean, with Z- they have a 14% chance of getting Zion Williamson in the lottery tomorrow night. 
Um, I know his his wife did not want to move far away from Michigan. His son is the coach at Niagara, which is two two hours away. Yeah, that's a factor right there. And then like his former player is, is Cleveland's assistant GM. So I think he's he trusts like the structure that they have there. But how ungrateful were we? Earlier this on this very podcast, we were sitting here <laughs> arguing whether it was a great season or a good season. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that back next year if if we can, if Michigan kind of has a little bit of a like meh hire and you know say they're kind of middle of the road in the Big Ten next year, I'm going to bring that back. And I'm going to ask you guys, how did you feel about last year's Michigan season? Was it great or was it not? I'm going to stick to my guns. It was very <laughs> good, not great. Well, batten down the hatches because that's going to be the best season we're going to have for a while. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to be able to – John Bielan is a shooting star in this program. And I love Michigan fans. You know, we're all cocky. you got the Mats. I think it's – you know, probably, Matt probably thinks it's like a top five job in the country. It's not. Why isn't we're it? We're a football school. Well, wait, wait a minute. Beeline built it into a top ten – program in college basketball didn't he don't you think the players that are coming back it's not exactly an awesome well okay and, and, and us fans listen you just heard it was it a great or was it a good season it's a championship he said it as a championship pedigree and not only is it a championship level that us fans expect now it has to be done quote unquote the right way yeah that's very true now but you gotta you gotta look at the whole coaching landscape out there and you know the names have been bandied about in fact, I think my first choice is probably Brad Stevens, if they could maybe bring him in. What you, you laugh? Why? Why do you think that's impossible? <laughs> I love it. That's the, that's what Michigan is. Look at we we the best coach in the NBA. Oh yeah, we're just gonna get him for Michigan. Well, how about you think, this? I you got think two- Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> oh, that's well, he's sure. won. He's won Coach of the Year before. He's won Coach of the Year, but he hasn't won an NBA championship. I mean, uh, okay. Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year. Are I'm saying he's the best coach in the NBA. That, you know, you're wrong when that's the that's what you guys jump on out of what I just said. Well, no, I I, I guess I want to jump on the fact that you're laughing about Brad Stevens. Do you think it's impossible that he would come back to college? Who knows how happy he has been, you know, and in Boston, you don't know. It took an all-time like recruiting pitch to get Jim Harbaugh, former Michigan player. All tons, of, a bunch of money to even get him to come to Michigan. All right, how about this first? This isn't such a stretch. At least I think you'll have to admit this. Chris Be- Chris Beard, he just signed a new extension. So, so contracts it, are made to be ripped up. Yeah, he could definitely if he if the money was right. If he wanted to go to Michigan, whatever he could, he could step away from Texas Tech. But I, I definitely thought of him right away. I was like, man, too bad he, too bad this didn't happen. You know, whatever a week ago or before he signed that extension. Uh, I mean, but you have to, like, shoot for the stars if you want to say it that way. Ask, call, Give Brad Stevens a call. Give Billy Donovan a call, you know, right. the Thunder head coach. See if he wants to come back to college. I mean, what what does it hurt? If they say no, okay, then you move on to your next choices. What's the what's the prediction here in this room, though? Is it – are they going to go for a big name? Will they sign a big name? Or do you think that uh, uh, the athletic director there, which from what I read this afternoon, he had a feeling Beeline might make a move to the NBA – uh, he has a short list already. Is is do they go with a big name coach or do they go with Sade Washington? Well, that's the thing that Beeline. I mean, I love him. He kind of screwed us with how late he did this in the process. I mean, Nate Oates. I feel like that would have been an awesome hire. That would have been a good Buffalo. hire. You're right. I think we all would have been very happy with him coming in. And yet he's with Alabama now. A lot of the coaches have signed extensions or have found spots, and and we're left with with scraps pretty much. I mean, you could you can always reach out to these guys still because I mean just. Going to the football route, uh, Josh Gaddis, you know, the new offensive coordinator, he was supposed to be going to Maryland, and then Michigan gave them a call, and he switched and went to Michigan. So, I mean, they could, they could still be calling Chris Beard or Nate Oates. Maybe they present, you know, a, a better contract or whatever it is. But So it's still a possibility. I'm definitely on the side that I want them to grab someone, you know, more proven because 
I do think it is a, a top ten job in college basketball right now. And you know, you don't want to. In my opinion, you don't want to get a guy that is like a project. You know, his first head coaching job, like a Jawan Howard. Yeah, like a Juwan Howard, you know, yeah, that's cool because of the Fab Five thing. And, you know, he's been an assistant in the NBA for a while, so I guess he's got some experience there and stuff. But you have no idea how he's going to be as a head coach in major college basketball. So if you can get a guy that that is experienced, that that's the route I would go because you don't want this thing. Izzo's not slowing down. Izzo is not slowing down at Michigan State as long as he's there. So if Michigan slips for two or three years and, you know, kind of goes on a little bit of a bad run, that could really set the program back. God, let's hope that doesn't happen, but I know it's not a good feeling we have. <laughs> well, I mean, look at this. I, you look up potential replacements for Beeline. The first name on the list, uh, Laval Jordan from Butler. He was a Beeline's assistant coach for like six years. His record last year, 16-17 and 17 at Butler. Yeah, pretty exciting. And, and it's like, well, let me let me throw this on the table. We break the bank. We go out. We make an unbelievable hire in Rick Patino. What do you guys think? Absolutely not. Uh, no absolutely. way in hell. See, that's what I mean. Get – Abandon this whole Michigan man tradition. No, you don't need the stupid. Michigan man tradition. He's a he's a crooked shyster. Yeah. I mean, Beeline wasn't a Michigan man either. So that that Michigan man thing, I feel like I feel like that's mostly like just a, a football thing. And I, I think that's that was a Bo no, Schembechler thing. Not the Michigan. Not like necessarily they went to Michigan, but that they, oh, they do things you know by the book that they're the so class th- act. You think it's a bad bad idea to go by the book? Tom Izzo, look at the look at the uh, uh, the accolades he got just recently by not taking bribe money for recruits. I think you got to be on up above board. Why you don't want somebody in there that's crooked, do you? Do you want to win? Not that that's way. Do you not, no, not that way. Not at all okay. cost. Keep, you want Rick Pitino? You, another... you want a Louisville situation? Yeah, he had some success there, and look what happened to the program. They're coming back. How long has it taken? Taken a while, and technically, a lot of those games are non-existent now that he when he was coaching there so I, I don't know like I think you know a guy like coach Calipari like is he getting caught doing some shady stuff at Kentucky I don't know but it's just the feeling is there that there's some shadiness going on but he's not like winning national titles we've talked about it on this pod before and after the way be- he's doing it he's not winning titles well, and we've I'd, talked. I'd rather have a guy that does it the right way. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. And we've, and we've talked so much about Beeline in the last two years of this podcast, and nationally, look at the look at the respect that he has for what he did at Michigan. Totally clean, above board guy. Why would Michigan risk that to hire a potentially crooked coach? I mean, I think it just doesn't make any. sense, You know sense, who people Jared. still talk, still talk about today, and you know who, who everyone's favorite Michigan team was the Fab Five. Okay. There are mixed feelings on that. <laughs> you don't like the Fab Five? I liked the Fab Five. I didn't like what ended up happening. Did Did you? It shot the program for how many years? It was worth it, in my opinion. They didn't win a national championship. If they would have won a national championship, I'd say yes. If they would have won a national championship, it would have been stripped anyway. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like with the stripping, and do you feel like we won the national championship in 2013 because Louisville had their stripped? No. It's not like, it's not like we're we, hanging a I mean, banner. we've talked no. about that, too. Like that, all that vacated win stuff is kind of stupid because we know Louisville beat Michigan in that national title, even though it doesn't exist anymore. So the fact Michigan that, won a championship with the Fab Five. We would still feel like they won a national championship. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I don't usually disagree wholeheartedly with you, Jared, but, I mean, the, the thought of bringing in somebody like Rick Pitino, yeah, the guy was a great coach, but he's not any youngster any, anymore either. And do you really want to bring that guy in with that baggage to the University of Michigan? I don't. See, that's what I mean. Well, I don't. Flat out my opinion. I don't even know how you could argue with it, but okay, go ahead. Do you guys think that that all all of that stuff, 
the FBI probes going on, all the the dirtiness, the, the shadiness that goes on in college basketball. It, it's kind of just like a mess, you know, with the boosters and kids getting money and whatever. Do you think all that kind of stuff kind of had an effect on Beeline? Do you think that came into play? Even, like, guys leaving early to go to the NBA, you know, Iggy was one and done. You spent two years recruiting a guy, two, three years recruiting a guy, and he leaves after a year or two. You know, knowing that some of these other programs are getting recruits because they're paying or, you know, doing some other shady stuff, do you think all of that kind of took its toll on a guy? You know, even though Beeline is as humble as they come, you know, it's got to be a little frustrating trying to run a clean program in college basketball and trying to compete year in and year out, right? I, well, I'll comment. Yeah, I definitely believe that. I read a few uh, few articles on that today, and it, it totally makes sense. And again, you know, we have this generational thing here on this podcast, which is a lot of fun. People seem to enjoy it, and we do have differing opinions. You know, Beeline, like I said, is not that much older than me, and if, if, if I have to go through that stuff day in and day out, I get pretty irritated. I would get pretty irritated, and I'd say, you know what, is this really worth it? Let me go for five years, make some money, get out of this shit. The thing that I, I – that's a joke to me. The recruiting chair, oh, they hate the recruiting chair. You hate going to people's houses and getting homemade meals, homemade pies. I know you'd like that. Wait a minute. Ted. Are you telling me that's a joke, that it's not a grind, that you got to go kiss some 17-year-old's ass? Flying private everywhere, all over the country, oh. watching basketball. Well, first of all, it's not Jared, that hard. Jared, you haven't traveled. I have traveled a significant amount. Life on the road is not as easy as you think it is. It's different when you're driving around in a, in a van, a company <laughs> issue van. And I park it down by the river yeah, and camp then, there. When yeah. Then when you have a, you know, someone driving you around everywhere. They're not flying private all the time. I mean, I guess I don't know exactly what Beeline does, but I've heard Harbaugh on his podcast talk about when when Gaddis got signed as OC. Him and Gaddis went on road trips driving around like for three weeks or something, just driving from high school to high school. So I don't think they're necessarily like flying private, staying in five-star hotels everywhere they go. I mean, they might be, you know, they're staying in nice hotels. But, yeah, life on the road, living out of a suitcase. Away from the family. Away from the family. I, I'm pretty sure he's got grandkids and stuff, you know. So, like, I think that is a grind that some some people just eventually – don't want to deal with so i guess people are crazy like nick saban and you know they just whatever they'll do it for the rest of their life but i don't know not everyone what's an nba schedule i mean 82 games 41 of them are away plus playoffs if you make it summer league all this other stuff that you have to deal with nobody's saying that's easy either jared but i the thing the difference is it's the whole mindset you know like i said if you're a college coach you're not only worried about the X's and O's, the basketball aspect of things, but then you got to be a salesman. You got to go out and recruit these kids. You got to recruit their mothers and fathers and grand grandmothers. It's just it's just nonstop selling to get the program in place to where you can do your what you're really made to do is coach. And that's the difference. That's why a lot of people do find it appealing to go coach in the NBA. Now, does it have negatives? Yeah, you're right. They do travel half the year. They're also dealing with players that make more money than them. And you're trying to, you know, you're trying to control them. And it takes a special person to be a, a successful NBA coach. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I feel like it's it's more difficult to be in a, a successful NBA coach than it is, especially when you're on the Cleveland Cavaliers organization, which is a train wreck. Best player, best player in history, Matt, and yet they only won one <laughs> title with him. What is their their setup right now? Do they they got a possibility of Zion? I yeah, fourteen percent chance, which is the same as the Knicks, isn't it? And then aren't they 
tied in the uh, top three for the best odds? Yeah, all three teams with 14%, and okay. that's where they are. So they could get him. Um, if they sign Zion, I don't know what their situation is as far as how much money they have to throw at a free agent, but you know, Cleveland is not the worst city in the world. You, you know, you, We got, like, Milwaukee is not much different than Cleveland, and look what they've done. Yeah, you, you can turn things around. I mean, obviously, like, LeBron is, like, a generational talent. Like, I mean, maybe maybe Zion is going to end up being that. We don't know. But, uh, you know, Cleveland, they they drafted a kid, Colin Sexton, out of Alabama last year that they're hoping is their, you know, kind of point guard of the future. So they've got that young talent. They can get a top three this year, R.J. Barrett, you know, Ja Morant, something like that, or obviously Zion. You could flip it around pretty quick. They've got some bad contracts. They've still got, like, Kevin Love yeah. and Thompson and some of those guys from, like, the LeBron years. So they've got to almost kind of, like, maybe live those out. Uh, they do have Nick Stauskas, though. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, maybe he can relive his glory days with Beeline coming back. But I, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. No. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I just think if, you know, a new head coach could really come in, if it's a culture change, the NBA is just so different than college. I mean, you're dealing with grown men making, like you said, Ted, way more money than the coach a lot of the time. That's tough to manage, you know? It's tough to manage. So hopefully, you know, himself, and then he gets some good assistance around him. Right. And just how how bad would it be? We all love Beeline. What if he just, his reputation, you know, he goes in there a couple of less than 20 win seasons and he's out? Yeah. Then at least he gave it a shot. I mean, I think it's one of those things, like, you know, people rip on these kids, and this is kind of like another thing I was going to ask you guys, like people rip on these kids like, you know, Iggy or some of these other guys leaving after one year, even Poole leaving after two years, you know, to take a shot. To, you know, they're going to take a shot in the NBA. How many guys growing up, I mean, I dreamed of playing in the NBA when I was a kid. You know, to have a chance to go to the NBA, I think a lot of people would at least like the chance. So for Beeline, you know, maybe he saw this as like the best opportunity for him. Like we, like we said, close to Ann Arbor, close to his son's team up in Niagara. You know, he has some familiarity with the franchise. He's giving it a shot. He's 66 years old. If he's not going to do it now, I mean, when's he going to do it? So, yeah, if he has two or three bad years, oh, whatever, he gave it a shot. You know, it's funny. As, as much as it hurts us that he's, he's heading out, and we talked about it at the very beginning, none of us have any animosity because of who John Beeline is. I mean, you why not? Why not do it? At least he didn't go to Ohio State like a certain football coach did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, at least, is he, you know, Izzo never went to the NBA. Right. Not yeah. We always kind of find a way to swing that back around. Izzo never went to the NBA. Would have been, even when LeBron was basically recruiting him to come coach him at Cleveland. Correct. But I don't know. It's just, when I think it was just comes down to this. Yeah, we mentioned Iggy left, Poole left. Who was keeping Beeline there next season? Xavier, another year of Xavier Simpson's, you know, running hooks. Well, that was, I'm sure. Brandon Johns' next, like, step up development. I, I, there's nothing there. To yeah, that that all played into his factor without a doubt. I mean, I, there's money. There was the opportunity to be in the NBA. Like you said, he's lost some key components from the team. If, if, if he talked it over with his wife, laid it out on the table, and for all life decisions, this is to be passed on to you, Jared, by the way, always sleep on things and always – Make your list of pros and cons. And I think Beeline looked at it, the pros just outweighed the cons, and he just yeah. had to make his move. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think one of the, you, you mentioned uh, the AD, Ward Manuel. I think they expected at some point Beeline was going to take a shot at the NBA. Because remember last year, uh, before Dwayne Casey was hired, John Beeline was talked about taking over for the Pistons. So you have to wonder, like, 
why that wasn't the right fit maybe at that time. Maybe he thought this team coming in with Iggy and Poole and everyone was going to make a run at the title. And then now he thought the Cleveland job was the right time to do it. So maybe the roster at Michigan had something to do with it. Maybe because Cleveland is still like close to home and everything, uh, you know, that all comes into play. So also, I think on the pro list, I think Beeline was not the Pistons' first choice. I think he right. was. I think he was the Cavaliers' first choice. There's pride that comes into that type of profession as well. For sure. Well, you know, guys. Obviously, <laughs> we all came in here. I was maybe a little more fired up than I normally am. I got that news today. I was like you, Jared. What the hell is going on? But we've had the chance to digest it all. We're all big beeline guys. We're all Michigan fans. I know I get some grief being Michigan State because I like both. But I'm, I want to ask you guys just flat out here. We're recording this on Monday night. What is it? May 13th. Who's your first choice? Who do you want Michigan to bring in to replace John Beeline? Go ahead, Jared. I don't know. I mean, you got Luke, Luke Yaklich potentially could replace him. I'm not sure. Yep. You know. So you think they ought to stay in us. program? Potentially. Whoever whoever John Beeline would give an endorsement to, that's who I would. So of his assistance, of, you know, I wouldn't be totally against an outside hire, but I trust John Beeline. So if he, if he was willing to give an endorsement to one of his assistants, then I would trust him. So Yeah, my top choice, like I said, and I know you don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. I, I want him to reach out to Brad Stevens, see if there's any interest there, and you know, I don't know if Jay Wright would consider a move to Michigan. You know, maybe he's maybe he's tired of Philadelphia and what he's done there at Villanova. I don't know. But uh, I want him to go for a big name. I want him to really go hard at somebody that can do it, that's proven it. Yep, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I want him to reach out to Brad Stevens. Like I said before, it, it can't hurt to ask, you know, if, if he says no, whatever. Reach out, see if he wants to go back to college. The Celtics were, I mean, that's just like a mess up there right now, it seems like, so... Yeah, go go out to Brad Stevens. See, if, I think they could even probably pay Brad Stevens more than what he's making with Boston. Well, that's what I was going to just ask you. What what is the contract situation ballpark in Boston? What would a Michigan head coach get? I mean, I think uh, Stevens' contract is up in Boston right there this after this year. So was he making five mil, six mil a year? Yeah, he's making around there. So I mean, they could definitely Michigan could afford to pay more if they needed to. All right. You know, so. Um, but if they can't get a splash hire like that, I'm at, honestly I'm fine with a guy like Lavelle Jordan coming back because he knows the state, he knows the program, he can recruit the state. He has proven, yeah, he hasn't been great at Butler. They did make the tournament a couple years ago. But the big thing to me, if they get a guy like Jordan, uh, they need to keep Yaklich or you know some of these assistants that are Beeline's assistants. If they can keep those guys to keep this system going you know that they've been running for the last few years and then bringing another head coach to kind of get things going you know I, I would lean that way let's say if uh, for whatever reason they zeroed in on Chris Beard and he could get out of that contract would you guys be happy with a coach uh, yes. like that in that style of play of course okay I agree with that too I mean it'd be it'd be awesome I don't think that's out of the realm do you I mean the, the only thing he just signed that deal so obviously you know he's He's kind of set there. There's probably a buyout uh, clause. Did, did we talk though, about it? He's he's from that area. That's true. So you know, talking about the whole hometown thing. Uh, but again, reach out, <laughs> give him a call. Ask what would it take for us to get you away from Texas Tech? Why not? Here's I, the, I, I love that from you guys. Yeah, let's just make a call. You know what happens if it gets turned out? It's going to get turned down. Okay, Brad Stevens right, is not going to come. On. Yeah, move on. It doesn't hurt you any. <laughs> it's just a phone call. Well, I, I love it. I mean. But maybe some more realistic. I mean, Laval Jordan. I do not want it to be Laval Jordan. So he came in and he took over a Chris Holtman program, ran that pretty much into the ground, sixteen at losing record this year at Butler. 
which I, I love. I've seen them play in the Final Four game. I love Butler. Brad Stevens, you mentioned him. He was able to make that a national title contending program, and yet here he is. He runs it into the ground, and this is who we're looking at as potentially our top candidate, our potentially top realistic candidate. Well, do you, I mean, something sometimes Jared is it is about fit. You know, if if it would Jordan be a take Michigan to the national title game next year? You know, I have no idea. Maybe in two or three years we'd be looking back and saying that was a terrible hire. But you know, sometimes it's about fit, and you know, maybe he would. This is where he would kind of get his run going as a really good head coach in college basketball. So, I don't know. Sometimes you do have to take a shot. And if you just said if you would trust who Beeline recommends, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, Jordan was an assistant under Beeline for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Beeline would give him a very big, blowing recommendation. And like you said, if it's it's good with Beeline, it's good with Jared Fattel. All i got to say is – We've we've seen players like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Glenn Robinson, Nick Styles. Just get ready for the, the Zach Novaks and the Stu Douglases of the world to come back around <laughs> this program. All right, you well, need someone like that. I was gonna add, before we move on. I just want to ask real quick. We, we you brought up Jared. I think it was Jared. You brought up that you know Michigan obviously is normally seen as a football school. Mike Valenti, you know the radio uh, personality out of Detroit. Mm-hmm. I guess today he he's a Michigan State slappy. He makes it known he's a Michigan State guy. He he doesn't shy away from taking shots at Michigan. I saw today that he tried to – he didn't, like, directly say Beeline left because of Harbaugh, but he was trying to, like, make the comparison that, you know, huh. Michigan is a football school, so being the basketball coach at Michigan, you're always kind of overshadowed by the football program. You know, maybe football gets, like, first dibs on some stuff or, you know, whatever it is. Do you guys put anything to that? Because, I don't know, from the outside looking in, I think the athletic program at Michigan gave that basketball program – any and everything they wanted as far as facilities, travel, and everything like that. So, I mean, do you guys put anything to that? Do you think Beeline was sick of being overshadowed by Michigan football? I think it's possible. I mean, what do we care about more here, the football team or the basketball team? I mean, the basketball team has been very, very good, top ten, top maybe probably top five programs since 2013. Second two runner-up finishes, and a year later we just forget about it. We really don't care. If the football team – we still talk about the the dang Rose Bowl season – uh, all the you guys talk about it all the time. It's such a season. Ninety seven. Yeah, I mean they won the Rose Bowl. It's like won the national championship. Yeah, but that, the mythical you know co championship, yeah, co championship or whatever. Well, I I agree that it's it's a fact. Michigan, there's no doubt, is a football school. But to get back to your question, Matt, I doubt. This is my own personal opinion. I doubt that had any effect on Beeline's decision. I think, like you said, he's gotten everything he ever wanted from the Michigan administration as far as facilities, as far as, you know, money. So I, I don't think I don't think he had such an ego that it bothered him that Michigan football maybe is a notch higher than Michigan basketball's looked at. Yeah. Just a I'm thought. With you too. All right, before we move on, because boy, we got a lot to talk about this last weekend in the NBA. Don't forget to uh, check out Card Service Michiana, they offer the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants, guaranteed to save you cash, no contract, no monthly minimums, or early termination fees. Call 574-238-1397 or contact us at 3PointPod for details. And the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. The spring sports season's rolling at Corona High. So keep up with the Cavs at the CoronaConnection.com. And by the way, guys, kind of a sad story here, obviously, to pass on. But speaking of Corona and former Corona athletes, my good buddy Chris McMillan, who was a longtime broadcaster with me here, He's uh, he's really battling hard against ALS, but we all know 
that's a that's a tough tough disease and we just want to send out our our prayers and well wishes to chris and the family because they're going through an awful tough struggle right now yep what was in his catchphrase like 30 big ones <laughs> yeah right yep. yeah that's how i remember him so so hang in there, buddy. And Deb, too. Well, let's get into the NBA talk. You know, my weekend started like yours, I'm sure. Friday night, checking out Golden State Houston. And, you know, I'm not going to jump right out of the gate here on the Rockets. We'll let Jared comment about uh, what happened in that uh, in that game. I mean, was it the John Fattel syndrome with, you know, guy goes out for one game and you can win that game? Yeah, we all know. I mean, I've said it time and time again on here. My dad made sure to tell me about five times when we were watching it, when he's laughing in my face, when Steph Curry's hitting shots. Yeah, teams, you know, they can they can muster up, you know, one game without their star player. It hurt watching James Harden, you know, turn the ball over late. It hurt watching Steph Curry make those shots. 33 in the second half, zero in the first half. How unbelievable was that? Incredible. The Rockets can't blame anyone but themselves because actually Harden didn't play a terrible game. I mean, he didn't close it, I, you know, and Chris Paul actually played pretty well. But if you don't have Durant and Steph Curry scores zero in the first half and you're at home, if you're the Rockets, you got to win that game. But maybe it is the, the Coach Patel, the, the thing where one game, the Warriors stepped up and won that one. So it's impressive what Steph Curry did, though, for sure. I loved what the uh, Rockers owner said after the game, though. He said that, you know, we're going to win some championships with, with James Harden. Do you believe that? Michael Jordan, oh. I do believe it, 100%. He 100%. Said, Hakeem Olajuwon didn't win a title until he was 30. Michael Jordan, who, Ted, you think is the best player ever? Correct? I know. We talked about that at 30. At, yes, at Mother's Day yep. yesterday, 30, right? That's his first championship was at 30. Wasn't until he, and he, and that's because he was battling a tough team in the Detroit Pistons, right? Correct. And I tend to think that the Golden State Warriors team that's won 73 games in a season, a uh, team that's beaten LeBron James, uh, I tend to think that they're a little better than Bill Ambeer and crew. Let's so. let's say you're right. Let's say that uh, they could still maybe do it with this nucleus. Do they change anything? Do they change the coach? Do they change the style of play? Well, what, exactly what are your what thoughts? Said. I mean, they're they're not, they're going to keep fighting. They're going to keep making changes. Chris Paul is going to get paid thirty five million next year, which hurts. Even though he played a really good game, I don't know. Daryl Morey. If if there's if there's a GM that you trust in this league, it's Daryl Morey. And I and people want to make fun of like the analytics and the and the money ball kind of aspect that he takes of things, but I mean when you take the Warriors, the Warriors are a dynasty. They're the best team of the of the two thousands. I mean, it's, it's going to take a lot to beat them. It's going to take a perfect game, basically, whether they have yeah, Kevin Durant I, or not. I just I obviously if anyone who listens to this pod knows I'm not a big James Harden fan, but you know I would be able to put that aside. I truly just don't think playing the way that he does that he's going to win a title unless he teams up with someone where he's able to, like, take a little bit of a step back. Because Chris Paul, he's a little bit – he can't do it, like, night in and night out anymore. And, right, they still owe him, like, $120 million over the next few years. So that's going to strap that team. They just paid Clint Capella a ton of money. So, like, I just don't know what they're going to do. And I, I 100% don't trust Mike, Mike D'Antoni as a head coach. He's, he's obviously a good head coach. He can get a team – uh, you know, into the playoffs or whatever. I just don't think his style will ever win an NBA championship. Now, a lot of stuff has to go right. You know, it maybe yeah, the Warriors that you know guys kind of go elsewhere and move on, and the Rockets kind of keep going and they end up being the best team in the West or something. But I just personally, I, the way that Harden plays, the ISO ball, and you know, relying so much on the three, I just I just don't see it. They don't play defense really either. So at some point, you got to get a stop. And the Warriors. As much as, you know, a lot of the focus is on their offense, and rightfully so, they can lock up when they need to. They can play defense and get a stop when they need to. So I'm not not a big James Harden fan, I guess. The thing that bothered me during that game was 
at the end of the game, we all we all seen the highlights. Steph Curry, you know, hitting these unreal shots. They had PJ Tucker on Steph Curry, and I get that he might be a better defender than Chris Paul, but Chris Paul, he's tried and true in the NBA. He's a star player. He's not going to get embarrassed like that at the end of the game. Did you guys hear like the before the game controversy that happened where Steph Curry yeah. reserved the court uh, on Friday night, and then Chris Paul showed up and said, "You're not going to work out here," and Chris Paul worked out instead. No. Uh well, it ended up backfiring on him after the game. Draymond Green and Curry were saying to him, you know, you're going to kick me off the court now, like <laughs> kick him off, kick him off the court, they had, uh, which which is what I hate because Chris Paul should have been the one, win or lose, whether he was the better defender or not, he should have been the one guarding Steph Curry at the end of the game. So that's coaching right there, right? Yes. Coaching, I mean, sometimes like switches just happen. I mean, you know, that's what makes the Warriors so great is they usually have five guys on the floor that can guard every position, you know, so when, you know, that's the NBA now, it's just ball screen, ball screen, ball screen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Warriors just switch everything and Draymond can guard point guards. Draymond can guard centers. Kevin Durant can guard every position. But, right, the, the Rockets kind of do the same thing, but they have some guys that aren't maybe as versatile as the Warriors, like uh, Tucker or, you know, maybe Capella or something. Or I mean, Harden is just atrocious on defense. So, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're switching Tucker onto Steph Curry, I mean, you're kind of, I don't know, you're writing your own death wish with that because – Curry was making some shots that were just like I don't I don't care if you had Michael Jordan on Curry I mean those shots were incredible. Well, you know, and the other thing is that it doesn't get talked about a lot, but we've talked about it before, and I've seen it year in and year out. I even made the points. I don't really watch much regular season basketball, right? It's an offensive show. They're just going up and down the court and firing it up, and that's James Harden game. That's okay. you know that's his specialty. When you you got to admit this when you're in the playoffs, teams play defense referees let them play more. They don't call a lot of it. But look how many times Harden went to the free throw line in the regular season. Playoffs, it's a little tougher to get to the line. And I think playoff basketball is big time different, obviously, than regular season basketball. And I think it plays right into Golden State's hands, and it really crimps Houston's ability to get farther in the playoffs. Yeah, and I tweeted it out um, that – you know, like three months ago, and if this isn't just because I'm a, a Kobe guy. And three months ago, he was on uh, Rachel. He, he was on the jump with Rachel Nichols, talking when Harden was going on that scoring streak, whatever he was like scoring forty a night for like a whole month or something like that. Um, so they asked about that, and he, he wasn't taking a shot at Harden, but he basically said what you just said, Ted, in that you know, in the regular season, that kind of offense is great. You know, you have to keep your team afloat, you have to keep winning games, so you're going to just score a ton of points. But in the playoffs, teams play better defense. They play harder defense. You know, the game is different in the playoffs, and that's what Kobe said. That style of play, I mean, he played under Mike D'Antoni too, so he knows that system. He just, he said that's not going to win a championship. If you play that way, it's not going to win. And, they, I mean, they can't get out of the second round. So people can blubber all they want over James Harden, that, that step-back three that's a travel every single time or the flopping every time he drives the lane and gets these stupid foul calls. Hey, cool, you got the second round. Good job. I'm, I'm going to have to disregard both of those takes, uh, Matt, because, one, Kobe Bryant hates Mark D'Antonio, and judging from your last little few comments there, sounds like you're you're not you're not saying this objectively. You're saying it subjectively. You don't like James Harden. You don't like how people are comparing him, and um, people, not just me, people are saying that he's better than Kobe Bryant. And the- so you're letting your hatred get in the way of an actual right, Analysis. I didn't think I didn't think Kobe hated uh, Michigan State's football coach, but <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Too. <laughs> that happens all the time. I do that all the damn time. That's another thing I noticed today with the Beeline tweets. I don't know how to spell Beeline. I, I just learned it today. It's a tough one. <laughs> you were going to comment, I mean, I, Matt. If 
I would be able to put my – I don't hate Harden, but, you know, whatever. Let's call it hatred. I don't hate him, but if he was getting to the second round, third round, getting to the finals and, and winning more, I could put that aside. You know, I've never really been a LeBron James fan, but I can put it aside and be like, this dude's one of the top three players of all time, but I'm not a, necessarily a fan of his. I wish the Lakers would trade him, but um, I can put it aside because he's, he's one of the best of all time. I, clear, I just don't think Harden is. I don't like the way he plays offense, and I think his defense is – I think I could play better defense than him sometimes. Any any more on that particular series, guys? You want to get into before we move it over to uh, a couple of fairly good games yesterday? Uh, just decent that, games. Yeah, yeah. I uh, can't wait to talk about those. But I, I just I love you guys writing off James Harden, young, thirty years old, thirty years young, and you guys are just writing him off. He'll, he'll be back. Will, Don't you worry, he'll be back. Well, will, will he go down in history a la Kobe Bryant with multiple championships, or will he be George Gervin, great player? Never could get it done. Time will tell. Time will tell. I, I, I'm leaning. Sounds like you're, le- you're leaning towards George. I'm Gervin. leaning towards George George Gervin. Yeah, not that he was a bad player, but he was more of a hardened type player, highlight film player. <laughs> you know, you got to do more than that to win championships. That's what it's all about. Let's face it. Don't you agree? I mean, you're saying your jury's still out on Harden. You're still confident he's going to win six championships like Michael Jordan when he started at 30. Is that or two championships? You think? What do you think? I, I would say the over-under is at one and a half. One and a half, okay. Matt, you think he's ever going to get it done? It would be because he is he's incredible. He's a, he's a, he's great, a great player. player. It would be hard for me to think he goes, as long as you know, the health is obviously a big thing. If he stays healthy for the next eight years and doesn't get at least one, right? Like, I would think he would get – I don't think he's going to do it with Chris Paul because Chris Paul is on the same level as him. Like, Chris Paul can't figure it out either and can't get to the NBA Finals. So, he's got to figure – he's got to go somewhere else or get Chris Paul out of there. But – if he doesn't get one, man, that's that's not good. That's not a good look. He's on he's in mellow territory if he doesn't get one. Yeah. He's doing it the right way though. Staying with the Rockets. I hope he does. That'd be good. And they just maybe they can get a free agent, big time free agent, go there maybe, huh? Yeah, they get got rid of Paul. last year. That worked out. <laughs> a lot of strip clubs. Well, we got uh, big we, selling point. We got some game sevens to talk about before we do. I know a lot of people were at Rivals Tap House and Grill yesterday watching the games. They are the official sports bar of three point podcast. On Saturday, May 18th, pop on in for a big cornhole benefit for Habitat for Humanity. Stick around for the Preakness and dance the night away with Rachel Ray and the band. 21 high-def flat-screen TVs, a huge 10-foot screen, and awesome food and drink. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. Well, let's save best for last, guys, but let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers Denver Nuggets Classic 196, the Trailblazers. What a backcourt, especially C.J. McCollum yesterday. What a what a great game to start the day off. And you didn't I'll just divvy art, real right? quick. I I wasn't watching. I, admittedly, I wasn't watching much of that game. We were out doing like Mother's Day stuff with some friends and and whatever else. So I was kind of checking your your guys' texts were keeping me up to date a little bit. So I didn't watch a whole lot. But to chime in on what you just said, that backcourt, McCollum and Lillard, the whole Durant thing is obviously huge in that series. If Durant can play and if he's like good to go. I, I think that just overshadowed. I think the Warriors will run away with it. Mm-hmm. But if he can't play or if he's even just like 80%, 75%, M- McCollum and Lillard are no joke. They they can keep the Blazers in that series for sure. So, so yeah, that. but I know that Game 7, that was a fun one. I know that. Yeah, and I did not DVR that one, by the way. I have more on that later, but I did Watch not DVR live. that one. Yeah, I watched it live. I felt, I don't know about you guys, but I felt myself like pulling for the Nuggets for some reason. I and did too. This is honestly, you know, hand up. This is pretty much the only time I've watched either of these teams play is throughout this series. I watched pretty much every game. 
I'm a bit of a night owl, which, Ted, you're more of a DVR. I'm more of a, a morning person. Let's put it but that way. But, I mean, way. when you hear a story like Jokic, <laughs> he, he used to, until, you know, I think just before the season, he used to drink three liters of Coke a day. Right. <laughs> which, you just got to, I respect that. And he's just fun to play. And I, and I won't steal this take. It's I heard it on Bill Simmons' podcast that if you were to play on, like, a pickup basketball team with anyone in the NBA, you'd want to play on, you know, Jokic, Jokic's for sure. team. Yeah, I was I'm very impressed with the guy. He didn't have his greatest game, especially down the stretch yesterday, but I did watch a number of their games in the playoffs. He's excellent. I mean, was he, like, a, a number one draft choice out of Europe or somewhere? What's his background? I, I don't know the history there. He's from overseas. He wasn't, I don't, he wasn't the number one draft choice. I mean, a first-round draft yeah, choice. Yeah, first-round. Yeah. Uh, that Nugget team's fun. They've got, what, Gary Harris and uh, don't they have another? Jamal Murray. Yeah. They're pretty good. I mean, I, I kind of hate I kind of hate Gary hate, hate Gary Harris with all of my heart because he's a Michigan State alum. But. Solid solid player though he's made himself into, and then uh, Monte Morris coming off the bench, he had a pretty good regular season. They were saying yesterday he's kind of really struggled the playoffs, but I was right with you that you know I I was pulling for the Nuggets in that one, but you got got to give credit to Portland. No, they're they're really good. Both of those teams are, and you know they're kind of built for the future. I think to kind of keep it going, uh, but. Jokic, he he's from Serbia. He was a second round draft pick. Second round, yeah, he was the forty first pick in the two thousand fourteen NBA draft. So, wow. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, coming, he never played in uh, college over here. Yeah, you never know about those oh. Europeans how how good they're going to be or not, really. Right. So, I mean, a, a seven footer, you know, is he going to be like Darko Milicic, or is he going to turn into Dirk Nowitzki? You know, you never know. So, and yeah, you, I mean, they are built for the future. I mean. Basically the number one pick for two years, Michael Porter Jr., until he got hurt throughout college. Uh, didn't even play this entire season. He's actually going to start. I just saw like a tweet today. Start he's going to start playing in the summer summer league this year. It's going to be the first <clears> time he's played in the NBA. And it just, it's crazy. It, it gives us, like, people who are Pistons fans, who are the smaller markets, gives us hope. They do have weed legalized there. So it's not quite the same uh, recruiting. Rocky Mountain High, baby. That's what it's all about. And it does give you hope. You know, you, you look at a team like Denver. You look at a team like Milwaukee. I mean, it's the NBA with the salary cap structure they have, you can become a, a championship contending team in a fairly short time. It's mm-hmm. like you said though, it's the whole do you want to go play in Miami like LeBron made that choice for a few years or do you want to go to a place like Detroit? Detroit's going to have to do it a different way. They're going to have to build it like the go into work team they had. They're going to have to get lucky, and they're going to have to be smart and uh, Casey's going to have to coach them up. Yeah. But but yeah. It, it was a fun game. I- I feel like it either. This is kind of a little bit of a sidetrack. I feel like it either has to go. You either have to sign the stars, you know, kind of the way the Warriors did. They have they they have obviously some really good bench players too. But you know, their whole thing is their stars that they sign. Or right, you build a team like the Nuggets did, or like the Pistons did in '04. You know, and you hope that a couple of those guys like Jokic, Jamal Murray. I mean, Jamal Murray kind of came out of nowhere for the Nuggets. You just hope a couple of them turn into stars, and and there you go. So to circle it back, before, John Beeline could make it happen. He's, he's got to get a couple of these guys to click. Yeah, we're going to be watching it pretty closely because we love the guy. And we also love NBA basketball. Let me let me set the <laughs> stage for you this. Yesterday, I did watch that first game. My wife and I decided as soon as that game ended, we were going to watch a movie. More on that during during Tedertainment <laughs> tonight. All right. And then uh, it got to be, and this is, I blame Jared wholeheartedly for this, okay? It got to be about five minutes to nine o'clock, and I'm thinking, Oh, my God, there's eight minutes to go in the game. What do I do? Do I record Game of Thrones? Do I record the game? And then I made the decision, I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm going to record the game because, now stick with me, it's like fast forward through all the commercials. I can zip right through that. And uh, Game of Thrones was over at 1022. And, Jared, I did not get up in the morning to watch the end of the game. 
I immediately watched the end of the game at that point. Now, is that legit? I guess why did you decide to watch it that way? It's just so you could skip through the commercials, you're saying? Skip through the commercials, and who knows? It could have been overtime, double overtime, and then I wasn't going to be able to stay awake mm-hmm. long enough to watch Game of Thrones. And I can't believe you sucked me into that damn series. And we'll talk more about that during uh, during the entertainment section. We decided, so my family, we made the judgment call that we were going to watch it through regulation. Okay. Uh, and it was tied. So we were extremely thankful, one, that we decided to do that because when you could see a, a moment like that with Kawhi Leonard, only buzzer beater in a Game 7 in NBA playoff history. Uh, and then you get to roll right into Game of Thrones. But it made you realize just how many timeouts there are, how many instant replays there are. I know. Because the last six minutes, everyone was kind of the same, like, you know, do we watch Game of Thrones now or do we watch <laughs> the game? Last, like, six minutes. And Thank takes, God you stuck like 30, with it. took, like, 30 minutes. Well, that that was part of my decision, too. And, again, I watched it on the DVR last night immediately after Game of Thrones. So I felt like I was watching it by myself. So what difference does it make? It was live to me. I didn't look at Twitter or anything. Did, Matt, did you watch the game? I did, yeah. So we got home. Uh, I watched all of the fourth quarter, some of the third. So when we got home from all the stuff we were doing, I was like, I, I kind of missed that Blazers game. So I was like, I got to sit down and watch uh, the Kawhi and the Raptors. So I was glad I, I did that. So, yeah, the, you know, the reviews are good. You got to get the, these calls right and stuff. But, man, it does slow down the end of the game sometimes. But that buzzer beater, I like. I literally laughed out loud when that shot happened because, you know, to sit and watch that game, and not have a horse in the race, you know, it's not the Pistons or, you know, for me, it's not the Lakers or something, you know, to just enjoy the game. It was incredible, and I was just sitting there watching it with my wife. I started cracking them. She was like, she like startled her. She was like, what just <laughs> happened? I was like, you got to watch this when they show a replay. And, like, just seeing the, the whole crowd, the players on the court, sit there and watch that thing, dunk, dunk, they bounce around on the rim. It was, like, it was the most incredible thing, I mean, for a buzzer beater. It was it was awesome. It was, and it, what made it even more impressive was the fact that he's wearing New Balances, which I'm pretty sure Ted <laughs> wore into the studio tonight. <laughs> I might have, actually. Uh, you know, when you think about that, too, you knew Leonard was going to get the ball. Four seconds to go. I mean, you can't, I heard some people saying, oh, Butler scored too soon. you got to give me a break. you got to score that layup when you can. But you got to give Leonard all the credit in the world. What, he went right by Simmons and shot that thing up. High arching rainbow over Embed. That's how you say his name. Embed. 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 Right. Embedding a Google. He's embedding a Google image. <laughs> but I mean, it was just a. It was probably. You got to put that right there with Jordan's shot against Cleveland, don't you? It was incredible, and yeah, it actually. Uh, Kawhi. He said after the game. I don't know if you guys. You guys probably switched right over to Thrones, but in the the interview right on the court after the game, he said, you know, he he knew he had to shoot it high, over. Embiid, obviously a seven footer, but he said he also wanted to shoot it high to try and get, in case he hit the rim, a friendly roll. So you know, if you shoot a flat shot, you don't necessarily get as friendly of a roll. So obviously he got the biggest home court advantage roll ever on that shot. And you know, and then I immediately saw, he, and he said he practiced that high shot. You know, he would practice that over and over, high arcing shots all the time. And immediately on Twitter, people are ripping him, like even like Skip Bayless and other people are ripping him, saying like. You know, you don't practice that shot. What are you talking about? That was all luck, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I think NBA players do think about that stuff. Remember that that uh, that buzzer beater LeBron hit last year on that crazy run he had against the Raptors? He was, like, running into the corner off one foot and, like, banked it in basically on the sidelines. And he said he practiced that shot over and over. Curry, Steph Curry always talks about all these, like, crazy 40-footers and stuff that he practices. 
I mean, I think that stuff does come into play. So I'm sure for Kawhi, yeah, the pressure and having Embiid in your face, you know, does affect you. I almost feel like, you know, that was just in the gym, just hitting a shot, you know? Yeah, like we had the same exact argument, Matt. So, I mean, we all see J.J. Redick, how he plays. He's running off screens constantly, shooting off balance, like three-pointers and stuff. And my brother's sitting there saying that he doesn't practice that when he had it like and one near the end of the game uh, off of rolling off the screen. Of course he does. Exactly. And that's exactly what Kawhi Leonard, I think that's exactly what Matt was talking about, is that he practices those game-winning, those tough shots, those high-arcing shots. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, those guys and, and all their shoot-arounds, just think of all the different shots they practice in different scenarios. There, there's no doubt he practiced that. And, mm-hmm. But it was one of the greatest shots of all time, without a doubt. We'll see what happens now with Portland. Let's, do, let's give some quick picks, guys. we got Golden State, Portland going to be uh, tipping off, I believe, tomorrow night. We'll drop the pod on Tuesday morning sometime, but... Uh, Golden State, Portland. Uh, Golden State, the better record, right? So they have home court. Yeah. What do you guys and think? I, whether or not, if I honestly don't think they're going to need Kevin Durant's series if they don't want him to. I think they might just rest him for the finals. I think they need to. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, my dad, my dad would probably argue with me, you know, saying that oh, they can only replace the star player for one game. But I would say I don't know. Portland, I don't think they match up that well against Golden State. And Portland's been dealing with injuries all like they lost Nurkic, Nurkic earlier this year. They lost a ton of players, so it's it's kind of surprising they made it this far as it is. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Golden State. I mean, you, you got to beat the champion, and what they're going for a three peat. Portland is impressive, and I'm I'm kind of I like Golden State. I know you're not a big fan of the Warriors, Jared. We, we we've made that perfectly clear here on this podcast. I like Golden State's team, but I really like the way that Portland's been playing and. It just bugs me one. It bugs me a little bit. Everybody's calling him Dame Lillard. You know, it's Damien for God's sakes. When did he all of a sudden become Dame? Yeah. Do you want us to call you Theodore? Everyone calls him Russ. <laughs> hey, Russell. No, I'm kind of with you. I, you can't. To me, you can't bet against the Warriors until someone actually beats them in the West. I do think if Durant doesn't play, I know he's out for sure, Game One, and then like unlikely for Game Two. I'm kind of with you guys. Go ahead and sit him until if it gets to like a Game Six and you need him. Right. But. I think the Blazers can make it interesting, but the Warriors are just too deep, I think. So, you know, hard to get bent against the Warriors. And kind of on the East, I don't know. I, everyone's talking about the Bucks have been, like, the best team overall all season. And, you know, I, Kawhi, as good as he is, I, I just don't trust the Raptors. Like, Kyle Lowry and Ibaka, I don't trust them. You know, but, I mean, the Bucks don't really have anyone that's been there either. So that series might be really interesting. I just think the Greek freak – you know, might be too much. But him against Kawhi, that's going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Toronto in that one just because of Leonard. I mean, I, I did not – call me silly, but I didn't realize Kawhi was that good. I mean, he is he is a true superstar. Mm-hmm. He is. And so is a Greek freak but for that matter. But I just think – I think that victory and that shot has given now Toronto some karma. I don't know. I just really think the Milwaukee Bucks are playing better than anyone right now, better than Golden State. Uh, whether or not that'll go into next next round or not, uh, we'll we'll see. But I mean, the three and one against Toronto this year. Kawhi, now, granted, Kawhi didn't play in one of those games, but it's just Giannis is on another level. I mean, Kawhi played really good, forty one points. He's Kawhi's playing. Kawhi's the only one that's really Kawhi, Kevin Durant, and Giannis. I would say are the top three this this playoffs. But just I don't know. I love watching them, and we well, saw him dismantle the Pistons pretty easily. One so. thing I don't think the Disney corporations rooting for a Milwaukee or Toronto. Uh, Portland championship. <laughs> oh, they they definitely no want to probably 
Greek Freak versus uh, the Warriors would probably be ideal. I kind of it wouldn't bother me to see a, a couple of the smaller market teams in Portland in the finals. You would not watch it. I, oh, I would watch it, guaranteed, guaranteed. I'd watch it. Just like I watch some of the best TV shows in the land. We'll tell you about that here in a second on Tedertainment tonight. But remember to check out SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. Bid on uh, the Richard uh, Richard Beckman Estate and Toy Auction. That ends May 20th. Also, 80-plus acres with a five-bedroom house on Walker Road in St. John's, along with the real estate auction and items including 21-horsepower motor and a 4,000-watt generator. Much more called Troy. Troy Crow. 989-720-SELL for other details or hit them up online at SheridanAuctionService.com. And also our great friends at Advanced Elevator Company features top-of-the-line field technicians for installation, troubleshooting service, and repair of elevators. An area business leader and longtime supporters of the Corona Public Schools, Advanced Elevator salutes the Cavalier Boys track team who recently won the Alma Scotty Classic, led by 400-meter winner Will Strau and 3,200 first-place finisher Charlie Bruckman. I've got to tell you a little bit about my day yesterday. I kind of prefaced it a little bit. Uh, watched that 3.30 game. As soon as that game got over, my wife was in the mood for a movie, so we flipped it over to HBO On Demand and came across Crazy Rich Asians. And, uh, you know, I'd heard about that when it was out at the theaters. Did Did you guys see it in the theater? Or I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it... Uh... Maybe or maybe not illegally on my uh, iPad. Okay, well, I know you, you know, I've, I've teased you about this, and it's really not teasing because I think everybody likes a good rom-com, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. This was pretty good, I thought, and and the overall concept of the movie, you know, this college professor in New York, New York University, hooks up with this rich guy, the one of the richest guys in the world. She did not know that until she went to meet the family and all the hijinks that took place on that trip. It is a, it's an excellent movie. I would give that. I don't know what our what our grading scale is here, but I, we've been doing the three three thumbs up. I'd give it three thumbs up. Solid movie. My mom loved it. It wasn't one of my favorite rom coms no? that I've seen. I don't know. Just I mean, we do rom coms do kind of steal a lot from each other, but it kind of just reminded me of Coming to America, except. They actually like went back to how whoever did, how, Eddie Murphy or how did you like though the way that they portrayed just how stinking rich these people were? Mm-hmm. I mean, they went to Thailand for this exclusive wedding. Matt, I, I don't think you've seen it yet, have you? I have not. I think you and your wife would enjoy it, but I mean, the the, the it was pretty well done in the wedding scene alone. And the bachelor parties they had was pretty cool. I mean, it was it was a well done movie. I thought so. I'd, I'd give it a high. High ranking. Now, Jared's favorite movie, I know he must have already seen it, Detective Pikachu. I have not oh, seen it yet, boy. no. <laughs> it almost got the Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. They, uh, Pikachu racked up $58 million and uh, Endgame 63.1. Now, that was their third weekend, but uh, that shocked me. So I'm it, telling you that the Pikachu following, that it's like a cult following. So that actually, it doesn't surprise me. I bet you did really well, like in China too. Pokemon's huge in China. Oh, it's got China, Japan, yeah. anywhere in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you gonna go see it in the theater, Jared? I was, I was planning on it. Not gonna lie. Uh, I love Ryan Reynolds, but when the reviews, you know, it's getting good reviews, like sixty percent or something on Rotten Tomatoes. And 60, I don't love Rotten Tomatoes. That's not Rotten that Tomatoes good. will kind of mislead you sometimes. Sometimes. Um, you got to kind of average the critics to, and the and the fans. But right? to get me out of my and maybe this is, you know, that's just how Gen Zers are ruining everything. It takes a lot to get me to go to the theater. Yeah. I can watch basically everything 
on on your devices on Netflix or whatever. I mean, there's abundance of stuff on Netflix. So. Yeah. Well, I did. I did go to the movie to see the Avengers. I will not be going to see Pikachu. I can tell you. Uh, I saw we we went to one of the things we did yesterday for Mother's Day. There was there's an aquarium in one of the malls up here, so we went to the aquarium. But we were walking around, and there's a movie theater there also. So you know, outside movie theaters, they have all those like huge cardboard cutouts of like the movies, you, whatever you can do, like put your head in the cutout yep. or you know whatever the movie is. They had a Pikachu one that like I saw. <laughs> I had to laugh. It's not my thing. So, I mean, if it's if you're into it, that's cool. I was just laughing because there were some kids, like teenagers, staying in there, and they brought up, I think they had, like, Pokemon Go up, you know, that app, that game that was huge for a while. Right. And you could take a picture with the cardboard cutout, and then, like, Pikachu in the app was, like, dancing around you, so you could, like, record it or take a picture of it, and you're, like, with Pikachu. And Are we going to see Matt Burns <laughs> on uh, Three Point Podcast Twitter with that uh, picture, maybe? <laughs> I did not do that. I was going to say I pictured Jared doing that. With okay. Buddy. And, <laughs> well, there's a shot. Well, there's a shot. Coming from, are you planning another trip to Disney here coming up? I think you just tweeted about it today, like counting down six yeah. weeks to Disney. Yeah, we're going in uh, about yeah six weeks. The That's all that place is, is that sort of stuff. It might not be Pokemon, but <laughs> it's Frozen and Lilo and Stitch and stuff. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch, I like it. It's a magical place, Jared. You got to go, and you'll you'll realize it. I've went when I, I think when I was age appropriate, like your daughter is, but I feel like you get, I, I just kind of like to picture your family, like uh, your daughter's like, well, we're going to Disney again. Like, can't we go somewhere else? You're like, and Matt. Uh, just like, oh, I love this place. This place is awesome. Uh, I'm on Matt's side on that. I mean, even if you if you take kids, you're gonna have a good time. It doesn't matter. It, it's so fun. Yeah. Uh, also, guys, I don't I don't know about you two. You you know I probably watch network television more than both of you guys but there are certain shows i really enjoy i watch a lot of it with my wife i probably use my dvr for network shows more than anything because of the commercial situation but uh big bang theory they're having their series finale coming up thursday night cbs staple 2008 little sidebar we went to california on a family trip we were hooked up to go to the cbs studios and we had our choice it was the first year of big bang theory or two and a half men and we chose two and a half men, so we got we got to watch a filming of one of the episodes of Two and a Half Men, and uh, got a backstage tour. Saw, saw Charlie Sheen hitting on some hooker in the back. I mean, it was it was a great experience. But uh, you got to give credit to Big Bang Theory. I don't know if you guys you had to have watched it before, right? Oh yeah, that's I haven't watched a ton of it uh, like live. You know, like when it's new. Mm-hmm. I probably reruns. Seen- well, maybe except for the last couple seasons. But I've seen basically the whole series, you know, on TBS or Fox or wherever. Um, I did actually, I, I forgot that this was the final season because I did actually mean to, like, tune in to, to the final season. I want to see how it wraps up. So Series finale, Thursday, May 16th. So have you been watching the whole se- this season? We've watched we've watched every season from the beginning. Yeah, so is it good? Is this season still good? Oh is yeah, it, they, they're like, is it time to go? Nah, it's probably time, but there really hasn't been an episode where I would say it jumped the shark. And you guys know where the term "jump the shark" came from? Jaws? Uh, no, it's a TV term. Now, when a, when a TV series goes bad, they call it jumping the shark. And this goes back back in my day, back way before you guys. But I'm sure you've seen reruns of Happy Days, right? Yeah. There was an episode where Fonzie, in his leather jacket, was on skis, and he jumped a ramp and jumped over a shark. And that term now is it's, it's in pop culture. When a TV series 
when they start it, when it starts sucking and they need to go, it's called jumping the shark. And I don't think Big Bang Theory ever jumped the shark. There's not many series that go the duration and are good from beginning to end. And I think Big Bang Theory is one of them. And then they've you know they've uh, had the spinoff. Young Sheldon, Dear which God. is which is funny <laughs> too. We watched that one. Of course, you watch that weird show. Oh my! <laughs> now listen. How about? Well, sorry. How about you thinking it was like such a missed choice, like Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory? Those are both two trash shows. The, the, you're, trash you're part, shows. You're part, you're part of the live audience cracking up at. Oh, it was funny. Same old reruns of jokes. So you're saying Two and a Half Men in its prime with Charlie Sheen wasn't a oh, funny show? Uncle Charlie's with with a girl again. Uh, he, I never watched it. Well, it was a good show. I uh, like I like Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory. Thank you, Middleman Matt, on my back. And by the way, I should also throw out again. This is a generational thing. Obviously, people aren't going to agree with me, especially Jared's age, but I think there's old farts that are my age that might watch these shows. Speaking of uh, speaking of old, this is another big story coming up, guys, on network TV, which I'm really excited about. You both know the shows All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Yep. I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Don't know anything about well, them. All in the Family was the one starring, it was Archie Bunker, okay, totally politically incorrect. And uh, it's going to star, they're going to do a live presentation, Woody Harrelson as Archie Bunker and Marissa Tomei as Edith. I am really looking forward to it. Jimmy Kimmel's the producer of it, and that's going to be on ABC May 21st, or 22nd, rather. And then the Jeffersons, as George Jefferson, Jamie Foxx, Wanda Sykes as his wife, Wheezy, Will Ferrell plays Tom Willis. Mark it down. It's going to be epic. It's going to be live. So it's gonna, they're going to present it. Exact scripts from the show, like it's a play, and no. they got to memorize it, all the, the Je- lines. Is the Jeffersons like that Martian like cartoon. No, what's Je- that? Jeffersons, the theme song's <laughs> the moving Jet- on up. Oh, the Jetsons. That's, that's okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. You with. All right. Uh, one other thing oh, before wait. are are those shows? So they're going to be like actual shows, or is it like a tribute? Or you know, no, no, like- they're actual shows. Word for word from the script back from the 70s. Oh, nice. That'll be kind of cool, for, yeah. especially for people who watched it. Absolutely. Even if you haven't watched it, I think you'll get a kick out of uh, out of seeing it with, uh, you know, like I said, the stars like Woody Harrelson and Jamie Foxx. I'm, I'm looking you, forward to that one. Are there no original ideas anymore? You're right, both in TV and movies, right? I mean... It's the reason that we've moved on from those shows. Well, I was going to tell you about one more network one, uh, 1969. It's a docu-series that's been on. They've, they had one episode on the moon landing in 69, Charles Manson in 69, Chappaquiddick. Do you even know what that is? Nope. That's uh, Teddy Kennedy. It was at a big party over in uh, off the coast of Massachusetts, and he was taking, a, taking one of his secretaries home. There was, there was a controversy about maybe some hanky-panky and drinking, and he went off the bridge killed her and he got off scot-free oh yeah I, i've heard something about that like the kennedy's sweeping a lot of yeah. stuff. yeah there was a movie on netflix too uh, on chappaquiddick but that, it's a pretty good series 1969 now let's get to the meat and potatoes and you heard my story about watching game of thrones live and uh, recording the end of the basketball game i don't know what you think jared i i was i was pretty happy with it it was an action-packed episode I don't know all the backstory. Like I haven't watched every season, but I mean, it was there was a lot of action. If you want to see dragon action, this one had all the dragon action you could want. That sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) And one thing you definitely learn: you don't want to piss off the dragon queen, Danny. She was uh, getting some revenge, and Mm -hmm. boy, she 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 got her revenge, didn't she? She did. Uh, The reason you like this episode, you don't 
see, I read a Twitter thread. Okay. So I'm kind of like an expert on, you know, how things are written. Yep. Uh, so I, let me just read to you why this last se- this last season a lot of people haven't liked. I will agree that I did like the episode, uh, but then it's so, like, this is how I've kind of felt this whole season. I watch the episode, I like it, then I get on Twitter, and people are, nothing Nothing goes on, like... Everybody seems to hate it. Yeah. Everyone, season. and it's like, I'm not sure if that's just everyone kind of piling on it after... It had to be such a good show, like this final season, to really meet everyone's expectations. But when everyone's able to point out all the stuff like a Starbucks cup and <laughs> just all the stuff that they've kind of messed up like in this season. Uh, but back to what I was saying. So the reason this, this season has felt a little different than the other ones is because it has to do with the behind-the-scenes process of plotters versus pantsers. If you're not familiar with the distinction... Plotters create a fairly detailed outline before they commit a single word to the page. This is about writing a story, by the way. Okay. Uh, Pantsers discover the story as they write it, often treating the first draft like one big elaborate outline. The problem with Pantsers is that it creates very realistic characters, but it can be very hard to wrap up all the different characters' stories in a significant manner. So that's what we're running into here. George R. R. Martin wrote all these books, you know, like, I think it's like He wrote like the first three seasons, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's all... And it's just... Um, they're all thousand page books, you know, really diving into each thing. And it's just basically is that they've opened up too many cans of worms for this show to really be able to end it successfully with everyone being happy with every single character's arc. Yeah, I've, I've tend to agree with that. Now, last night's episode, were there any of the the things that happened? Like, and I, I don't know all the characters names when the, the two brothers fought it out. You know, that was a the wild and um, the dog or something. The hound. The hound. <laughs> the See, that's the thing. And we were talking about it at Mother's Day, at Mother's Day, our dinner in Frankenmuth, is that our family, I'm really not much of a Thrones expert. I've seen season seven, and I've seen the what we've seen so far. This and I've watched just this season. And But my brother and my dad are both big-time Game of Thrones fans. So they get mad at me when I try to act like an expert. <laughs> so I'm not saying that. And there's a bunch of stuff that I probably say wrong. One thing I do know, I do know what a good, what entertaining television is, and that was what last night's episode was. It was entertaining. Yes, I'll give you that for sure. And uh, it's going to be interesting now, Matt. I know you're not a, you haven't watched it. Maybe somewhere down the line you'll you'll check it out. Uh, final episode coming up next Sunday night. I don't know. Is it going to be a two hour blockbuster or is it hour and yeah, a half? Hour and a half, I believe. Yeah. So I'll, it'll be very interesting because the whole the whole key to the ending is who is going to be king or queen and sit on the Iron Throne, right? Mm-hmm. You have a you have a guess here. I just don't want it to be. I kind of hate Danny now. I don't think it's going to be Danny. I think it's either going to be Jon Snow or Tyrion. I would love it if it's Tyrion. That's, Somehow Tyrion. I, that's kind of what I'm it. thinking. I feel like Tyrion's probably going to die though. Because well, right now you think he is, right? Yes, he's he's, he's on death row right yeah, now. He's, the, he's <laughs> let his brother loose after he was captured. I just and, that, and that's a lot, that's a problem a lot of people had with the episode is that Cersei, who's been the main villain for like basically the whole first seven seasons, yeah. died really in a not or did she? I mean, we saw that we saw the rubble. And that's what I mean. We it's saw like, the rubble, but it wasn't a satisfying death. No, it wasn't. You know, Danny didn't have her dragon. You know, light her on fire or anything. She died from rubble. Well, I saw some other Twitter things too. With they, she has this dragon, and she's just massacring this whole city of a million people. Why didn't she just take it right to the tower? Yeah, that's what we were saying <laughs> when we were watching. It felt kind of stupid to have her take out the civilians. Matt, you still awake? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm wondering why you guys like a show about dragons so much. Dragons are cool. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, it, it's a well-made show. I mean, it's pretty incredible when you're watching. And those, dra- I mean, the dragon's pretty awesome, how it's able to just devour an entire city, basically. And it, I was actually listening to this. I So the Ringer actually wrote a piece about those, like, medieval crossbows that they used to oh, take down the first dragon. Right. That would just, that's not possible. There's no way it would fly like that. that. Yeah, it would not fly like that. No. 
Um, it's just well, I've, seen, I've seen some clips. The dragons do look pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I, I'll honestly. I don't think I'll ever watch the show just because it's so long. But yeah, I'm wondering. So you guys are kind of talking about the, or especially Jared talking about the ending. You guys both were Sopranos people, and that was a controversial ending. But you guys both said you liked the ending of Sopranos. Mm-hmm. So yes. do you think there's any way you kind of go the other way and you both hate the ending of Thrones? I probably don't have enough intelligence to, to really have much of an opinion. I'll, I'll see. I don't think I will hate it. I feel like the way that they've – and this is the complaint that everyone's had. They've rushed this final season. That's they, what I the, hear. The showrunners were offered to do two seasons, and they decided that it's always a 70-hour show which I, that didn't really make a lot of sense to me, considering how much effort's gone into the books. I, how about this for potential? What if George R. Martin, once he finishes the book, they reshoot it? Like, let's say that he ends the books in an awesome way, which if I was him, I wouldn't even end these books. There's no good way to end it, um, and it seems like a ton of work. He drives a Tesla, by the way. I nice. Looked at, I looked, uh, podcast listened to looked that up the other day. Uh, but <laughs> what if what if he writes the books, it's a great ending, they decide to reshoot it in you know a few years? Huh? I don't know. Ending. Well, I don't you hate that. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that. I think what they would tend to do more is just write another episode. You know, maybe maybe a spinoff character or something. You know, and I don't know. If, you can't like redo the ending. I don't think so either. I guess why? Why not? Well, you technically you could, but I don't think anybody's ever done it. Have they? Can you point out one one time in entertainment when they've rewritten something and with a new ending? They've done it before in test audiences and changed the ending. Yeah, I, we just I know saw they've done the that. Sonic, uh, what the Sonic little guy looked like in the trailer. They changed <laughs> right, it. Right, right. But they changed it before it was released. Will it make money? Before it was do released. Would, do you think it would make money? Oh, sure, probably. Do you think the HBO would sign off on something that would make money? But I just don't think they would ever do it. They, the, the only way it would make money, you're, so you're saying they would rewrite the entire final episode with a different Not ending? Not the final season. Final Go season. back, do it the right way. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying I would love to see it. Well, I guess. I'd be like, that'd be like if the NFL, like if there was a, a laugher of a Super Bowl, you know, like a few years ago, that, that Super Bowl, that was a blowout. If after that they were like, you know what, that wasn't very entertaining. Let's play the Super Bowl again and try and have a more entertaining Super Bowl. Jared knows how I like to jump on sure things. You want to bet on it? I don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll... There's never like an end date where you can say that they're never going to do it again. Well, probably in the next the 10 years. Entirety. Well, they got to do it while the cast is still relatively that? resembles I love that, it. that comparison. Dragons to real life. I love it. You've been mocking us about this whole dragon thing, and that's the comparison you bring out. <laughs> he just likes dogging on that show with the dragons. It's pretty good. Like we talked about in the past, though, it's an HBO series, so it can't be bad. It really can, and it's and not. You know, you know it's going to be good. That's right. All right, well, you know, I don't know how many people out there enjoy entertainment tonight, but if you do, send your thoughts and comments. Well, even if you don't, send thoughts and comments to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 3 Point Pod. Guys, before we wrap this up, I promoted it in the beginning. This is uh, for more of our Michigan high school fans, but they're making some changes, which I think is kind of cool, uh, in uh, boys basketball, girls basketball, and soccer. They finally are going to employ a seeding process to place the top two teams in every district at least opposite sides of the bracket it's about time don't you guys think i I guess it's really not that much of a difference really slightly is i mean there's been there's been years when saginaw high would be in the same bracket and it would open up the district tournament 
number one against number two. You don't ever want to see that. Wouldn't you rather see it at least in the district championship game? I get, yeah, I would. I just it's just, it's small steps. Oh yeah, Hopefully you're not going to lose sleep gonna, over it. Yeah. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But I think it's a good move. They mm. fought it for a long time. I think that the football changes are really the big ones that's going to make a big difference. Is that it's not no longer. I don't know if you saw Matt living in Virginia, but no longer does six wins get you in the playoffs. He's in Carolina, by the way. I, I don't <laughs> live in Virginia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it did. What it, they it used to be, you had to get six wins to get to playoffs. That's not true anymore. And what? Yeah, changed like con, uh, full contact practice time too, right? Yeah, they cut back on that. They're going to, you know, be, what they've had in the past was at the end of the season they would break it all into eight divisions. Now they're going to have the eight divisions and the teams that are in those divisions squared away before the season even begins, which I think that's a great start. And like Jared said, they're eliminating the six win, what do you call it, uh, plateau to get in, automatic in with six wins. This way, at least they're going to they're going to make it easier for teams to schedule because. You know, not going to schedule yeah, cupcakes. Yeah, the coaches would. They learned how to beat the system and scheduled cupcakes just to get six wins. So right. scheduling became a nightmare. So I think MHSAA listening to their uh, members came through big on that one. So good job. That's all I got, guys. You got anything else you want to get on the table here before we wrap this one? No, I think. I mean, just you know, on paper, those sound like good changes. So uh, I'll just be curious if there's ever like a seven-win team that maybe has a few cupcakes or whatever, and but there's like a three or four win team but those three or four wins are against like some of the best teams in the state or something i don't think it'll ever be that extreme but i think probably, not. probably five maybe because i think they looked at it from the last year and there was there was one i think i can't remember if it was ludington they had seven wins and they wouldn't have made it or maybe it was even eight wins and they wouldn't have made it with this new format mm-hmm. okay though yeah i just have one thing before we wrap when do you think um i'll be able to get the power chair back in here you want it back for the rest of summer that's all right with me You'll just give it over just like that, huh? Yeah, I don't care. Mike Francesa wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, <laughs> proud of you. You, know, you think I care what Mike Francesa says? He's the goat. He's awesome. He, you don't he, like Francesa? The Mad Dog's the goat. Oh, okay. Well, he was, I guess you're better suited. Yep, maybe you should get get rid of your power chair. I'll take it over. <laughs> so you're a Francesa fan? I do like Francesa. I, I mean, I can see why people hate him, and he does kind of annoy me sometimes. But now, do you listen to him every day on a regular talk, basis? No. I, if he if he was a, De- I would love it if he was a Detroit guy. But he, when he's just talking about New York sports all the time. Right. He's a guy. He knows he's the best, and he acts that way. And he, I can respect that. That's true. He he is. I, I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm, I've listened to him. I remember listening to Mike and the Mad Dog a long time ago, and they had a great chemistry. Now I listen to Mad Dog all the time. He's on at three o'clock on Sirius Radio. He's part of my commute home from work. Uh, he's very arrogant. He's very opinionated. He's hilarious, and uh, they were they were quite a crew. Yeah. You're saying you would like, because I know uh, Valenti, the guy that we talked about earlier out of Detroit. He's tried to go to New York for some of those openings. So, Jared, you'd be on fo- on board with just do a straight up trade of Francesa and Valenti. If Francesa was a was a Detroit fan, yes. I love Valenti, but he's no Mike Francesa. Yeah, Valenti's all right. I think Francesa's better. I do. Uh, yeah, I think Francesa's better. I think that the little bit I've listened to Valenti, I mean, he, he's good. He, you know, he does what he needs to do. But I just, I don't like the, I don't know, the vibe of the show and how everyone, the people, the minions behind the scene, just basically. Well, he had an, <laughs> he had an opportunity. He had an opportunity to take over for. Uh, I just had a brain fart. Francesa? Yeah, Francesa. He interviewed for the replacing him. 
Francesa was off for what, and six months or a year or something like that, and he returned. That yeah. seat's forever his. Yeah, as long as he wants it. Yeah. That's a tough gig, man. Can you imagine getting ratings in New York on terrestrial radio? Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty tough. you got to have some thick skin, and like you said, you got to have that kind of attitude mm-hmm. to be successful in New York, no doubt. you gotta be you got to be good. you got to know your stuff. I was going to ask before we sign off, uh, you know, we talked about the Derby a lot, the Kentucky Derby, so the Preakness is this weekend, but the Derby winner Country House isn't isn't running. So does that take away a little bit of the luster to you guys, or, you know, does it matter at all? Jared and I talked a little bit about that yesterday. I mean, I, I don't like it. I mean, he said, well, yeah, if he would have run, he'd, he'd get killed. Yeah, he would. But I think, what the hell? you got to give it an effort, don't you? Well, what? you're telling me that if you're a buyer who wants to buy some of this some of this horse's seed and you're about to buy it, he just won the Kentucky Derby and you watch him go out there at the Preakness and get, you know, dead last. Well, what he's, difference? He's stud well, wait a minute. What difference does it make for other years when a horse wins the Kentucky Derby and doesn't win the Preakness? Cuz they have a shot at the Triple Crown. Well, how do you know he's 5 to 1 odd horse who got lucky? Well, you say he got lucky. He he had bad odds. There's no doubt about that and there's some luck involved, but he ran the race and finished in second place. Yes. Second. Okay. So why wouldn't he have a, a racer's track. chance in the next race? I mean, I here's my opinion. It does take the luster away. The horse that crossed the line first, what was that horse's Maximum name? Security. He's not going to race. So yeah, that's definitely taking some luster off. I watched. I watched the Preakness because I'm looking to see the next step of the Triple Crown. Yeah. I don't care that much if it's no triple no triple crown opportunity at all. Let's test your knowledge here. Okay, who won the triple crown last year, Mister? I love the triple crown. That's why I watch. <laughs> Well, I know uh, a horse won the Triple Crown last two years. Now, I don't remember the name. <laughs> Justify. Okay. So, there we go. Okay. If you need to hear any more about, you will watch it regardless. You don't watch it because of the Triple Crown. Yes, oh, no, I'll watch it. A little it. bit of luster's off. It's horses. I mean. I'll watch it, but are you that ex- Wouldn't you be more excited if you knew a Triple Crown was on the line? Listen, I could care How less excited did you get racing? last year? The only time I care is when there's money on the line. There and you- there will be money on the line. That's when I get excited. Who's Who's the early favorite for you? I'm not sure. I, as I as I've said it before on this show, I'm in a terrible rut right now. In my betting, I'm losing like everything, losing everything out here. So, yeah, yeah, I have to go I back to the drawing board, do some more studying this be week. Texting you on Friday or Saturday, Jared, to, uh, if if you're all right with it. Yep. Since I can't bet down here in North Carolina on horses, um, but I'm not going to take your advice. I mean, I'm just going to come right out with it because <laughs> before you said uh, bet on the Baffert horses for the Derby and. I mean, that was the worst advice ever. <laughs> and that's why he's in a rut. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, Matt, I mean, I would say your bet was worse. I, I, I'm glad I wasn't in your shoes betting on maximum security just to have that uh, yeah. lost yank I, from I'm your... not saying I knew anything. I was just taking some shots in the dark. So you, you called out Ted for not knowing the, the last Triple Crown winner. Who was it before that? Do you remember? Um, It was, I don't know. Okay. American Pharaoh? Yeah. Oh, right. Sorry, Justify is my... Is, he won if I money. bet on you, I'll remember your name for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's let's call my it. My boy a- Jack, long shot, twenty-five to one odds last year, Kentucky Derby. He lost, but I'll remember that name for the rest of my life. Hey Matt, are you gonna before we wrap, are you gonna are you gonna place two bets and maybe take a long shot? I think I'm gonna stick with that that uh that theory, I guess, or that method. Why that not? Yeah, that's a flush. I'll, I'll see who a couple of the long shots are. Throw <laughs> two I love bucks, it, man. five bucks down on those. And then I'll, yeah, I'll figure out a, a trifecta or something that I really want to go with. Well, that's just flushing money down the drain. There's a reason that there's only been one horse with 65 to one odds that's won it since 1914. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys. Let's, let's hit. That's a lot of money. Let's get out of here. 
<laughs> That's a pod for now. Hey, if you enjoy the show, share this Three Point Podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe, listen, and share Three Point Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Google Play Music. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Three Point Pod. Kudos again to our Three Point Podcast partners, Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana. Also, be sure to check out our friends at Sports Radio Detroit and Midwest Sports Network for the great programming, including this little podcast, Three Point Podcast. This has been a Three Point Podcast production in conjunction with Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast. But you can get a little too fond of the blues You walk too far You walk away Hello, sunshine, won't you stay? You know I always loved a lonely time Those empty streets, no one